Hi, welcome to the podcast. My name is Dennis. I will be your host tonight. We are friends of Brother Adam. For those of you who don't understand that reference, uh, Brother Adam was uh, a monk who served in a monastery and he was in charge of the beekeeping. Uh, He also made uh, a variety of bee, I believe it's called the Buckfest bee. And uh, because it was the, I believe the Buckfest Abbey. And uh, he was a, a great pioneer in beekeeping, so that's why we are friends of Brother Adam. <laughs> of course, there's the uh, AA reference there, but we won't go into that one. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, so today, again, we'll be working on um, our green certificate agricultural training that comes from the beekeeper production technician from the government of alberta it's a booklet that we use when we are teaching people about beekeeping Uh, we're going to be doing some very unsexy stuff today Um, again working on maintaining health and safety on the job when beekeeping we're going to try and limit this to 30 minutes however um, I apologize for any interruptions or the ding-dongs that go off on my uh, recording device here, Um, but let's jump right into it. Uh, Today we'll be working, or we'll be uh, uh, listening to a little bit about working on any kind of machinery, doing common tasks through the season. We're going to identify and discuss issues and problems. Um, For those of you who are amateur beekeepers, hobby beekeepers, or even sideline beekeepers, and and by sideline I mean uh, people who have like 40 or 50 hives, um, not something that usually uses large equipment and that kind of stuff, but when you start getting into 100 plus hives, you need equipment. Your back is going to just die on you. So um, you're going to be working with uh, heavy equipment at some time in your beekeeping beekeeping career. Um, So let's go into some of these things. Uh, Right, so points and edges which could cut flesh, cutting blades, sharpening sharpened surfaces. All right, so The number one issue on common beekeeping equipment is your hive tool. Your hive tool is that little thing that looks like a crowbar. (laughs) Um, The flat edge of it is meant for getting under the lid of hives and popping the propolis sealed hive lids. Um, That darn thing when it comes to you is as sharp as snickerdy doodles. You need to get rid of that sharpness. So what that means is you're going to be dulling that up. So if you got some some, uh, pavement beside you or some some, uh, cement that that, uh, you don't mind scraping up a little bit, for heaven's sakes, dull up that uh, hive tool a little bit. If you don't have that, then for goodness sakes, go out and get yourself a, a... a sharpening stone and you're going to do the exact opposite of sharpening you're going to dull it you know rub it on the darn thing until you uh, dull it up you can take a, a 
a disc to it and a grinding disc to it and unsharpen the darn thing round off the edges a little bit because oof, that thing will open up something that you'll need five to ten stitches on i'm telling you <laughs> you don't want it and heaven forbid if you should hook it onto your belt and then sit down in your truck you'll uh, slice through your nice leather seats on your truck and oh my gosh it's just not a good thing so be cognizant of that we also use in our beekeeping we use exacto um, blades a lot of times when we're uh, cutting out uh, um, when you're cutting out queen cells you'll use an exacto blade um, if you are if you have fish line that's going through your your free comb you need to cut the fish line when you're cutting out these these queen cells uh, you need to be careful not to put your hand on the back of the uh, um, frame that you're cutting out when you're cutting out queen cells because you will put that blade right through your hand and it is not the nicest thing in the world to have to be going and uh, getting stitches and, and you know wasting a whole lot of time and energy and and oh darn it hurts sharpened surfaces on the tops of these hives oh God. on the tops of these hives you have um, metal and you go to to move off a hive top and and set it aside it can catch you and cut you like nobody's business so be aware of those sharp points that you have also be aware of where you're kneeling down a lot of times you end up kneeling when you're you're working on a hive and when you're be aware of where you're kneeling down there's lots of sharp things nails metal in the ground that kind of stuff um, also as you're walking past equipment like uh, trucks a lot of times they have metal that's sticking out that happens to be a little sharp and you might gash yourself um, when you're dealing with uh, loading hives and things like that be aware of where the forks are because you can walk into the edge of one of those forks and and ding your head and jeez. Oh, <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I, I was a, a medic with uh, the military and uh, dealt with a gentleman who walked into the edge of a, a fork, military forklift on the edge of a fork, and oh my goodness, that thing opened up his forehead really nice. So it left uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff for the plastic surgeon to take care of so so watch when you're walking around also be aware of what's above you when you kneel down because a lot of times you'll you'll stand up quickly and if you're kneeling down beside a truck or beside something with an overhang and then you stand up really nice and quick you'll end up cutting open your scalp and Anything on the face or head or anything like that is going to bleed like a son of a gun because of the vascular nature of your your face and your ears and your nose. So just be aware of what, what's above you when you're standing up. Um, you really can't fit a hard hat <laughs> underneath your bee suit. So you got to, you know, be aware of what's above you and when you stand up and you're not 
smacking your head open. Uh, pinch points. There are tons of pinch points around beekeeping. Um, you have pinch points on your um, scissors and on your shears that you're using. You have pinch points uh, between the hives. Um, if you're lifting up a, a box, a deep box, and it's full of honey, and you take it over and set it down on, an, on a hive or on, on the bed of a truck, my gosh, if you set that down wrong and you catch a pinky or something in there, Oof. <laughs> um, you have uh, arms, ar articulating arms on machines, so on your spinning equipment um, or your centrifuge equipment, should I, should I say, or on some of the uh, equipment, uncappers or things like that, you got to be aware of, of pinch points. Um, and uh, the honey gates, it's funny as heck, you know. We have these little uh, circular gates on, on our buckets that have honey inside. And you use the honey gates so that you can pour into your jars. And a lot of times people will use those um, in, in smaller operations. You'll put your honey into a bucket with a honey gate. Um, be aware that that little honey gate is not your friend. It will pinch you and make you cry. <laughs> so, um, be aware that the doors, of course, you know, <laughs> you have to say it because how many of you have smucked your finger into the door of a, um, a, a truck? And uh, where I'm at, out on the prairie we get some really good windstorms coming through and if you're getting out of a truck in a windstorm that uh, wind has the ability to slam the door closed even though you weren't intending it to be closed and if you catch your your bits and parts and pieces in there it's not a good deal risk of being caught between heavy objects like drums of honey stacks full of supers uh, vehicles backing up. Okay, that's just that's just what it says. Um, when you're moving honey uh, in barrels, they're 55-gallon drums. They weigh 660 pounds each. So yeah, you got to move them around and you got to muscle them. But it's much better to get yourself a truck or a, a what do you call it, a, a lifting truck. And it's best to have somebody who pulls on one side and pulls it a little bit towards them while the other person scoops the lip of the lifting truck underneath the barrel. And then make sure you use a ratchet strap. Don't freewheel the stupid thing because if you get it on its side and that's 660 pounds and you lose control of it, that's a rolling barrel of ouch. So uh, make sure that you guys are, are being safe that way. Also, um, I know a lot of beekeepers who love to just pull that thing down towards them and then just roll that thing. Well, that thing will, you know, it, it, it can gain momentum as you're going down a ramp. Be very careful with these things. Um, that's uh, enough to squish a hand, enough to break an arm, enough to break a leg. 
and if you're beekeeping by yourself and you break your leg you're in some serious doo-doo um, I think this is a good time to talk about um, equipment to contact emergency services it is really good to have your cell phone on you um, when you're working out in the field by yourself uh, whether it's um, you get stung and you have one of those one in a million allergic reactions you've never had this reaction before but all of a sudden your airways closing up it's good to have a cell phone it's good to have a way of contacting the outside if you have to most 911s are equipped are equipped with the ability to text them for help so it's good to have your cell phone on you it's good to be able to know the emergency numbers around you it's good to know uh, a contact that you can call to get help um, especially if some of your bee yards are way out in the distance so just keep that in mind guys and gals let's be uh, safe beekeepers and make sure that we are able to call emergency services should we need to Falling objects like drums of honey, stacks full of supers, bee hives, stuff like that. Um, unfortunately, uh, people like to set their beehives pretty darn close to one another. And uh, when you get in there and start moving your backside around, you can knock over a hive easier than nothing at all. So just be aware of that. Um, when you knock over a beehive, the very first thing that's going to happen is all those bees inside of there are going to come out and tell you how wonderful it is to see the sunlight. <laughs> You're going to get multiple stings, so you need to be careful. You need to be watching. Also, uh, falling objects. So um, when you place some beehives up on uh, the back of a, a truck, it's always great to be working in pairs you know one person on the forklift one person scooting some of those hive um, bundles over it's also good that when you're moving hives that you ratchet strap the frick out of them and uh, ratchet strap them down so that you don't have to worry about them um, coming apart <laughs> one of the worst problems that I had when I was first starting out beekeeping is we were rescuing a bunch of bees from a schoolhouse. It was an old schoolhouse so we were able to to take down most of the wood on the side of the building. Um, however when we first started out there was a hole that they were all coming out of and guess what that hole was about the size of a bee vacuum sucker hose and so we stuck that hose in there and turned on the bee vacuum and uh, my bee vacuum at that time emptied out into uh, a empty deep that had frames in it so as soon as the bees got in there they were used to being in there you just closed her off and, and set her out in the field and opened up your your entrances and away you went right well you usually ratchet strap that thing down well the ratchet was not working that day it had decided to go kaput and so when we moved that darn thing the bee vacuum fell apart and out came those bees and once they've gone through the bee vacuum they are mean and nasty we got stung so bad <laughs> it wasn't funny 
Um, so just make sure that, that uh, falling objects like stacks full of supers, that kind of thing, you ratchet strap them together so that they move as one unit. Drums of honey. Make sure that when you put a drum of honey in the back of your pickup truck or the back of the flatbed or whatever, that it is chained down, that it is ratchet strapped, and that you're not going to have that thing move. for Because for heaven's sakes, you're going over uneven ground when you're leaving the bee yard. And it is a bad day when um, a 55-gallon drum flings off the back of your vehicle. <laughs> not to mention all the waste of the honey that that comes out when it drops so just be careful be watching for fallen objects um, of course dropping heavy things on your feet I can't tell you how many times I've dropped a, a um, full super on my feet um, you set it somewhere and it's a little bit wobbly and it slips off and falls on your nice little uh, big toe bone and <laughs> you end up with a limp for the next month and a half while it heals up. So watch those heavy things that are dropping. Uh, also, you uh, need to be careful when you're hitching trailers up and when you're, you're pulling off uh, hitches. Um, Unfortunately, in here in Alberta, I don't know where it is, how it is where you guys are, but here in Alberta, uh, you have to take those hitches off the back of your truck for the trailers. They don't like you being able to hook up to any trailer and just drive off, so they want you to take the hitch off. Well, when you're taking that hitch off and you're pulling out the pin and everything, that thing can fall on your foot and make it a bad day too. So. Potential hazards associated with the machine rolling off due to improper parking or accidental startup. Okay, <laughs> this is one of those things where you do lockout tagouts. <laughs> okay, if you're going to be doing some maintenance on your forklift or your truck or whatever, if you have the ability to chain that steering wheel down or take the Key, only key that they have at all and put it in your pocket and and uh, lock the doors so that they can't get in while you're doing your maintenance or whatever you, you really need to I had a friend who um, was under a vehicle and his workmate knew he was under the vehicle but decided that he was going to start the vehicle up anyways well he started the vehicle up and it was in gear and it kicked forward and it ended up running over my friend over his head and his chest and he pulled through but oh my gosh his life was misery for the next year and a half two years and he still hasn't really fully recovered so just so that you know these things do happen um, and uh, if you guys are parking a vehicle, um, make sure you chalk the wheels so that it can't roll forward should it, you know. And a lot of these vehicles, they are inspected, but sometimes they get down on repair and the brakes, the emergency brakes don't work that well. Just know that, that you can't trust a machine. Um, and if you're you're parking on uneven surfaces it just might have an issue 
machines can be overpowering. Rotating parts, imbalance of muscle against machine, weight or momentum in the context of working with machines. Okay, so in a battle of muscle over machine, machine wins all the time. <laughs> you will never stop a machine that's working under hydraulics from doing something nasty to your body or rolling over top of you or anything. You hear of these people who have superhuman strength and can lift up a vehicle off a person, but I'm telling you right now, most times that doesn't happen. Do not trust a machine. Do not get in the way of hydraulics. For heaven's sakes, do not. Um, I have, in, in the military, we always have issues with people who are backing their machines up. Um, and we have to have a designated um, person behind the vehicle or to the side and behind the vehicle who is backing the vehicle up using signals so that the driver doesn't squish something and um, or damage the vehicle or damage equipment. Um, it is a good thing if you are working in a pair that when you back up your vehicle that you have the passenger jump out, get on the driver's side of the vehicle, not behind the vehicle, and back that person up. Um, I have seen where a person was squished between two vehicles um, and it didn't turn out well for them. They ended up uh, bringing in the uh, wife of the person that was squished between the two vehicles so that they could say their goodbyes. And once they separated the vehicles, the guy bled to death immediately. So just know these vehicles are have a lot of weight and momentum to them and they will cause death and injury. You need to be aware and have your head on a swivel with these kind of things. Uh, protective clothing. Okay, so beekeeping, protective clothing. You wouldn't think that you have to talk about this, but you do. <laughs> okay, so the bare minimum of protective clothing when you're beekeeping uh, I think is a head net. You can go without gloves, you can go without a jacket, you can go without a full bee suit. Um, I've seen people beekeeping in with no t-shirt, uh, just with their pants on and their shoes on type of thing. I've seen barefoot beekeeping for heaven's sakes. People. <laughs> We need to wear our clothing. We need to wear our protective gear. At the very bare minimum, you like to breathe. So wear your head net. Um, <laughs> uh, bees tend to like to go into those nice little dark little holes that you have in your face. So if you don't enjoy having a bee stinging up your ear, if you don't like a bee flying up your nose and stinging you in your nose or in your mouth, or, you know, uh, zapping you on the end of your nose, which is the second most 
worst place to get stung, <laughs> um, you know, you need to wear a head net. Um, it is good if you are starting beekeeping to wear a jacket at the very bare minimum and gloves and a head net. Um, I don't beekeep with gloves anymore because I find that I can't feel the bees underneath my gloves as well and I end up squishing a bee and when you squish a bee you're uh, you might as well close up that hive because you're going to end up uh, with the pheromones of squished bee and everybody's going to be excited and mean and nasty so just so that you know um, we want to be able to wear you know a shirt for heaven's sakes guys wear a shirt um, we want to be able to have clothing that is thicker so that you have the ability to ward off any stings that come your way. Um, you need to make sure that you have the ability to have um, a first aid kit around in case you you need to fix up any boo-boos that you have it would be a really good thing for you to have um, Benadryl in your vehicle it would be a very good thing that somebody on your team in your vehicle somewhere you have an EpiPen because you never know when you're gonna have that one in a million um, anaphylactic shock set in or if you have some bystander who just wanted to watch you beekeep and ended up with anaphylactic shock, or if you have um, visitors to your apiary, you need to have uh, an EpiPen or um, a syringe with Epi loaded up, ready to go, because when you need it, oh, gall dawn, you need it. So, um... Now, as far as protective alarms, monitor, monitors, dead man switches, and other devices that should be present on functioning and functioning properly to warn about or prevent machinery hazards or air quality hazards. So, uh, like I was mentioning in a previous podcast, if you are wintering your bees inside in a quonset or in a building, you need to have adequate ventilation and you need to have CO2 uh, monitors so that when you as you are walking in you know whether or not you have enough air to breathe yeah, it's the worst thing in the world to get halfway into the bee house and start realizing that you're feeling faint heaven forbid if you were to um, drop right there in the middle of the bee house who knows how long it could be before somebody comes and figures out that you're in in distress um, Dead man switches, what that talks about is on your vehicles, um, if you don't have your hands on the wheel, um, the vehicle turns off. Or if you don't have your hand physically on the um, maneuvering levers of your uh, forklift or your, your bobcat, it turns right off. And that's a good thing. Um, they need to be functioning properly. All of your alarms need to be functioning properly. 
in all of your buildings, you need to have a functioning fire alarm. You need to have a functioning CO2 alarm. Um, key techniques of operation that will lower risks, proper braking, parking brakes, chocks, lockout controls, and interlocks. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this just previously, but once again, let's talk about parking brakes. Anytime you pull up and park, I want that parking brake on. Anytime you get out of your vehicle and you're on an uneven roadway, you need to make sure that you have a chalk that you can put underneath the wheel. Um, all right, so we are over time. So I would like to close this one up for this evening. So thanks for listening. We'll have a, a method of contact for you guys a little bit later, a Discord address that you guys can contact me and ask some questions. But um, as for right now, get out, do some beekeeping. Talk with y'all later.